Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, happy Tank Tuesday, everybody. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. What a special day with a couple special boys. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is my good friend in his homemade cutoff, Bo Brock, live at the PHNX headquarters downtown Tempe. Oh, we got a special guest joining us, Bo Brock, uh, in a little bit. What a fun day we have planned. For yeah, everybody. it's exciting, right? Uh, Arizona Cardinals hater extraordinaire Mike Florio going to join the conversation. We're going to we're going to get into it. Why is there such disdain for this franchise? Why does he yeah. feel like he needs to put on his his white knight outfit and continue to follow this JG Monty Austin Fort Cardinals tampering situation? So. We're going to get into that conversation. We will keep it professional, absolutely. Uh, full disclosure, we've already talked to Florio. We're going to replay the interview for you. Uh, yeah. And we we kept it professional. Certainly, uh, we wanted to continue the conversation with Florio. Uh, Johnny, uh, he had to kind of mind his P's and Q's and, and not come and drop the gloves immediately on this one. Well, I let, I let Bo take the first couple questions in the interview because he's coming at Florio pretty hard with, with what everybody wants to know. Like, Mike, why can't you stop this BS surrounding this this tampering story that won't die? We put it in the show title, and 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 that we asked him about that. We asked him about that, Michael Bidwell, a bunch of stuff. And I'll be honest with you, there was a point in the conversation, and we talked about this off air, I thought Florio was going to hang up on us. That, that <laughs> legitimately happened. There's a point when... You're going to see in the interview where we thought Mike Flora was going to say deuces. Goodbye, PHNX Cardinals. It's a yeah. one-off. But he didn't. We got him for the full amount of time. And again, I, I've seen a lot of this in, on, on Twitter. People are fed up in the comments. It's like you got to toe the line of, okay, we want people to come on the show, but we will also ask the questions everybody want to ask. But we can't, like, you know, lambaste people. Oh, we'll never get guests on the show right. unless your name is Isaiah Simmons. And if Isaiah Simmons... <laughs> does come on the show then i will be sure to do that right it's like hey uh mike welcome to the show first off go after yourself yeah Is mike what do you think <laughs> you who do you think you are mike florio and then right it's just an immediate <laughs> click you gotta bait them a little bit you get more what is it you get more uh love with salt not sugar or something like that but there's plenty of salt to go around in this interview and, and kudos for mike he answered really tough questions uh yep. and we asked him about a robust number of items. Uh, and, you know, I think it's an all-encompassing factor of why Why are the Cardinals an easy target? 
outside of their ownerships. Because, yeah, the Cardinals are dysfunctional, Bo, but there are dysfunctional. And there are plenty of other dysfunctional teams throughout the NFL. Yet it does feel like Florio and company, especially like this offseason and a little bit of last offseason with Murray's contract, people have been coming at this franchise hard. Yeah, they have. I mean, and it's easy to poke fun at this organization, but you know, I, I, I've maintained this as as Florio kind of started his crusade at during this offseason, right? Kind of post Super Bowl on the yeah. Arizona Cardinals, and the, and it was easy to say, look at this disaster, look at this dumpster fire of an organization. But like once they hit the reset button, once they started to uh, kind of weed out the bad eggs, you know, the Steve Kime unceremoniously resigning at the end of December going into January and kind of being away from the franchise, according to Josh Weinfuss, for, yeah. you know, over a month uh, before the end of his tenure. And then Cliff Kingsbury, you know, we, we finally realized in the organization did as well that he was overmatched at the head coaching position and they decided to move off of him and the bulk of his coaching staff. And then the search began for the for the general manager. They landed on Monty Ossifort after offering the job reportedly Ian Cunningham, kind of the second in command there in Chicago. He declined and it looked like Ossifort just kind of landed by mistake on the right guy for the job. Yeah. And he started to try to figure out a unified front that they could move forward with. And he wanted a, a head coach to kind of work in tandem with in order to do so. And I think that they did that with Jonathan Gannon. And then, mm. you know, a lot of, you know, goodwill was created between the fan base and the new front office and the new coaching staff. And I think a lot of people are excited about that. So then to see, uh, obviously a well-known football publication where a lot of people go to get their daily NFL news, uh, taking shots at the organization, but they're still like along the way, this team hasn't given you the ability to just fully wrap your arms around it and say, I love you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's got, like, it's got the tampering thing that, that they admit happened, right. That they, they broke the rules and they paid for it by sliding down 20 plus spots in the draft in the third round. And they also had the deal with the NFL PA where they had the, the first team report cards of all time and they had failing grades basically across the board and they yeah. had to address those situations. And it just kept like their incident board. Uh, it wasn't clear for a long enough time for this fan base to really say, hey, like we're excited. I mean, they are excited about JG. They are excited about money, but there's still, you know, this organ there's still this fan base saying, hey, let's get out of our own way for 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 the first time in a long time. Well, even when they turned the page on Kime and Cliff, to your point, Bo, everybody was like, well, clean slate. But, I mean, you just counted them off. Like, they had the tampering issue, the NFL PA grades, the issue with Terry McDonough. I mean, I know this isn't directly affiliated with the Cardinals, but what, what went on with Bill Bidwell Jr. in TMZ Sports, I mean, it's like every other month something comes out. And I think what we're seeing now, if you haven't come to this realization yet already, is – that at the end of the day, Awesome Ford and Gannon hopefully are going to be able to put be put in position to control the football operations side of things because that's severely lacking. But Michael Bidwell, and we talk about this with Flores, just you gotta take a look at the mirror and and do you want to be considered competent by other NFL owners or do, are other owners kind of enabling your ineptitude to some degree so that they can keep you around so they can continue having success? Now, I, I do think that from what I've heard, Michael Bidwell has taken a step back this offseason, as had, and I've, I've heard this a lot with um, folks in the past that have worked with the Cardinals operation, is that people who had Mike, Michael Bidwell's ear 
were not directly football people, but they were dabbling in football aspects, which is just ludicrous, right? It sounds like those influences have have subsidized significantly, and now it's Monty Austin Ford, I think, reports directly to Michael Bidwell. And it's anything related to the -the on-the-field product of the Arizona Cardinals goes through the new GM GM of the team, and then Gannon obviously is was his premier hire this offseason. So uh, I think you should feel optimistic, and that's the, that's the theme of the season is optimism as the Cardinals take pre-flight. But for me, it's there's there's so many kind of pending issues. Will they, won't they? I'm going to tell you right now, we get into it with, with Florida as it relates to could the Cardinals potentially lose one of their precious first-rounders next year from this Terry McDonough situation, something that I feel like was teased, and I think he teased it initially at the start of that saga and hasn't really been brought up since. And then every time we go on the PFF mock draft simulator, it's those two precious picks. Nobody yeah. will be touching my first-round picks next year. That's all I have to say. <laughs> right, yeah, keep keep away from those. That's all we have at this point as we're staring down the 2023 season. There's still excitement, absolutely, uh, but I mean, it's just like you get out of a bad relationship, right? And you have right. your, your own reasons for why it didn't work and, and you weren't exactly part of the solution as well. Right. And, and you get into right. a new relationship, you got a new partner that you're excited about probably, uh, mixes a little bit better, but do you still have your bad habits? Right. And are you going to be able to, uh, put forth a better effort? And like, sometimes you are who you are in this organization, even if they get the right head coach GM tandem, like, is it going to is, is the is the powers that be going to be able to continue to put them or put them in the situation to be successful? And what you're asking for, and I think a lot of the fan base, myself included, is like, can we just let the football operations people run the football operations? Right. Delegate, become a master delegator and, and, and just kind of let the people do their job. And then let's see where it goes from there instead of like. I mean, I liked, you know, one of the best parts of the, the Monty video uh, in the war room was like the the most of, of Bidwell's job in that room was to just turn down the volume on the TV. That's all they needed, hey guys, right? I got, and, I got the clicker. And you got, yeah, Monty on the phone just uh, dominating other GMs and taking all their future draft capital for the third overall pick and then moving up the draft board to get the guy that, that they targeted in Paris Johnson Jr. So, so far, so good, but still... There's the hiccups that still remain and will linger from, you know, two decades beyond. I mean, even longer than that of of an organization that had uh, some squeaky wheels. Uh, Pedro in the chat. All right, let's get to this. Well, before we get to this, and Mike Florio, Bo has to tell us about our friends, wants to tell us about our friends at OG's. Yeah, I love to talk about OGs. We're pumped about our partnership, and just last week, OGs got even better, and I didn't even think that was possible, but that's because they revealed their pink lemonade gummy, which is fantastic. You can check it out on the shelves of your local dispensary. Of course, you got to be 21 years or older, but it's got fresh, tangy lemon with a hint yep. of red berry and, of course, plenty of sugar. Everything that you love from a nice, cold glass of pink lemonade, you're going to get in gummy form, course with the cannabis infused flavors that they have going on and if you're not into the pink lemonade well you can check out a couple of the other the creams the fruits they've got the mixed bags now so you can figure out for yourself which of the gummy flavors you like the best from our friends over at ogs of course the valley's favorite cannabis kitchen check out all their products on their website ogs.com that's ogsbrands.com i apologize ogsbrands.com find them on your socials as well at ogsbrands on Instagram, 
they're going to unveil any kind of contests that they're running. And of course, any of the uh, new products they're unveiling over at ogsbrands.com. Got to be 21 years or older to purchase OG's Brands. Yeah, you can't put a wager on if Mike Florio swears at us during this interview, but you can wager on plenty of other things with our friends at BetMGM. It's BetMGM Swing for the Fences. Super easy to get this offer in three easy steps. All you got to do, log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app. BetMGM Sportsbook, by the way, the home of PHNX Cardinals this fall at the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. And uh, once you're logged in, play the BetMGM MLB free-to-play game uh through september 7th so you've got a couple months to dabble but don't miss out be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone depending on the area of the strike you pick you're going to get a single double triple or home run or pop out and receive the prize associated with that type of hit uh you get to play one per day um, but you got to use your prize and it expires within 24 hours if you haven't signed up yet for bet mgm sportsbook what are you doing Ahead of this fall, it's going to be, it should be your premier sports book. And you got to use that bonus code PHNX. Now, there's a few offers depending on where you're at. But for our Arizona folks, place your first bet and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you lose your bet with BetMGM. Again, make sure use that bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. Claimer 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Excited to get this guy on the show right now, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. He's got a new book out, Father of Mine. Check it out, Amazon.com. It's a mob thriller. takes place in a small town. Mike, thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about this book before we get into the NFL discussion. Well, you know, it's something I started writing during the pandemic when we all had a lot more free time than we were accustomed to. And my dad was actually a bookie when I was growing up in the small town near Pittsburgh where I was raised. So I saw some things, heard some things, observed some things, and came up with a story, completely fictional story, but used that knowledge, used that background, try to try to make something in that mob genre. I've always enjoyed those kinds of stories and, and movies. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was just something to do, and I kept working on it, kept working on it, kept working on it. It's like, well, let's, let's give people a chance to check it out. And in a world where no matter what I do, there's 50 people that like it or 50% of the people that like it and 50% of the people that hate it, the, the, the feedback for this has been all positive, which uh, has stunned me. It makes me feel like I'm missing something, but maybe it just ended up being better than I thought it was going to be. So, I mean, we're talking about the 50-50 audience, 50-50, you know, 50% love you, 50% hate you. I mean, when we look at this Jonathan Gannon story that you keep on following as far as the tampering that happened between – the Eagle or Monty Austin reaching out to Jonathan Gannon. Why do you feel like this is a story that you need to continue to seek answers for Mike? Because we're never going to get the answers if people don't look for the answers because the circumstances tell me instinctively, intuitively that there's more out there that they don't want us to know. This was not a situation, even though they sold it this way of the Cardinals having some sort of crisis of conscience where they said, Hey, you know what? We did something we shouldn't have done. We feel like we should let you know. We we called Jonathan Gannon during the two weeks between the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, and 
you know, even though everybody violates the tampering rules and they get away with it, we felt compelled to, to self-report it. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I think the Eagles figured out something had happened. I think the Eagles complained about it loudly. I think the Eagles had the kind of evidence that NFL looked at and said, oh boy, this isn't good. This created a distraction for the Eagles. This created a distraction for Jonathan Gannon. He spent time preparing for his interview. He spent time lining up his staff. He shouldn't have known he was a candidate. He shouldn't have known there was going to be an interview. It was communication that was completely prohibited, and it may have had an impact on the outcome of the Super Bowl. So let's keep it all buried. Let's keep it all quiet. Let's announce it to the world literally five minutes before the draft starts as some sort of a resolution between the two teams, like a settlement of a lawsuit. That's never happened before. The NFL, when someone commits a tampering violation, has a long history. Not that they enforce it all the time, but when they do enforce it, mm-hmm. they say what was done. And they make a clear statement. And this just has something to it. And it had it from the get-go that tells me there was more to the story that they don't want us to know. And when I had Howie Rose and the Eagles GM on, on uh, our podcast, right after the draft and I tried to ask him questions about it. It was clear he didn't say anything about it. I don't think anybody said anything about it. I think they don't want to say anything about it. They don't want us to know what really happened. And the only way we're ever going to have a chance of finding out is if people ask questions because I think we're entitled to know exactly what happened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've certainly asked them out here in the desert and gotten answers from Austin Fort and answers from Jonathan Gannon. We've talked to JG when he was in Indianapolis and he seemed to kind of, uh, try to talk about the situation before it even became, you know, uh, public knowledge that, you know, he had a conversation, the, the weird hiring process, interview process that the NFL has going on right now. But when you hear guys like, you know, Vic Fangio, there's reports that Vic Fangio said it impacted lives. So you're on the side that that's not just hyperbole. You think that there was major impact from Monty Osford simply reaching out to JG and saying, hey, are you interested in this job as we cut down to the final candidates? I think giving him a heads up at a time when there should have been no communication caused Jonathan Gannon to spend time that otherwise would have been devoted to getting his defense ready for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. He spent time doing the things that you would do when your ship is finally coming in. This is the job you've aspired for your entire career. It's a messed up process where guys who are in the process of finishing things the right way with their current teams necessarily are distracted by preparations, by communications by everything you need to do to get yourself in a position where you can go in, meet with Michael Bidwell, Cardinals ownership, Monty Austin Fort, and and make the right impression and and just blow them away and get them to hire you. He, he surely did something during that two-week period that he wouldn't have otherwise done if he hadn't known about it. And anything he did took away from the time that he had available to prepare his equal defense for Super Bowl 57. And I, I personally believe, and again, we don't know this, but mm-hmm. I think that the way that it all happened, it just tells me that, and I can see the Eagles. Let, let's, let's put ourselves in the Eagles' shoes. After the Super Bowl, they're upset. We, how, did we, how did this happen? How did this happen? Everything we put into it, we're up 10 points in the second half. How did this happen? And, and they started looking. They started asking questions internally. They started digging around. And, you know, if Jonathan Gavin left, left any digital footprints of the amount of time he spent you know, with phone calls or, or work that he may have done on his on his company computer, whatever it may be, I, I feel like they came to the conclusion 
that this wasn't just a phone call. This sparked a major distraction and diversion for Gannon from what he needed to be doing, which pissed them off. Yeah. Why, why would they be pissed about it if they if they thought it didn't affect them? That, that was one of the reports that came out. They were really pissed. Howie Rosen was really pissed. If it had no impact whatsoever on the outcome of Super Bowl 57, there's nothing to be upset about. Well, let me ask you this. Do you feel similarly with you know other candidates that, that were hired? What about, oh, what about, what about, what about? Are we going to do that real? No, no. I'm Are just we going to do what about? I just wanted to ask if you felt similar. Like the, the Miko Ryans, obviously his team gets blown out the previous week before he gets hired between – uh, by the Houston Texans, and then Shane Steichen was blown out. Blown out because they didn't have a quarterback. I mean, is that is that it was D'Amico Ryan? And then, look, those situations were all handled properly. I don't like the current system. Right. And I that's, don't that was like my it. that was I my follow up to the question. Wait. Yeah, I, I think it should all wait until after the Super Bowl. I don't think. And this is and the Gannon case is a prime example why the best way to do this is have a complete and total moratorium on any coaching interview on the entire process. No one can do anything by way of communicating with candidates until after the Super Bowl. That's what it should be because it necessarily creates a distraction. It creates a distraction when it's done properly. It creates a distraction when it's done improperly, but when it's done improperly, the distraction it creates is something that, that the rules should address. And that that's what happened with the Eagles and the Cardinals. Yeah. I, I wasn't trying to create a what about as far as, you know, D'Amico, Ryan, I, I, and like the fact that you say that you agree that they just need to probably retool the hiring process and maybe take out the coaches or wait until after the Super Bowl is played it probably would benefit everybody involved. I just think, you know, just because, the Arizona Cardinals were the ones to 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 break the rules, and then you know the Niners just or the Texans happen to be within the rules, but it's it's a pretty similar situation, just at a different time in the playoffs. Yeah, look, I I think the whole system is a distraction. The whole system yeah. needs to be overhauled. I, I wrote about it in my other book, Playmakers, mm-hmm. not fiction, although some people would say maybe parts of it are. That, you know, when 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 you're an assistant coach and you're under consideration for a coaching job and you're also getting ready for a playoff game, and look, it's, it's almost always coordinators who are under consideration for these jobs. So you're the offensive coordinator to the defensive coordinator and you've, you're, you're having an interview coming up, you had one, you're waiting to hear, whatever the case may be, you know you're under consideration as you get ready for this playoff game. When the assistant coach who's under consideration for that job gets home that night. If he's married, his wife does not say to him, how are the preparations going for your next playoff game? What she says is rightfully so. Have you heard anything about the job? Have you heard anything about the job? Have you heard anything about the job? Cause that's the thing that's going to change their life. That's going to put them in a higher, much higher tax bracket. That, that is going to be the realization of a lifelong dream that comes with money and status and power. And that's the thing that creates inherently divided loyalty for the individual who's caught in the middle of it. So that's absolutely why that rule should change. But until it does, until it does, there's a proper procedure that needs to be followed. And the Cardinals, for whatever reason, didn't request permission to talk to Jonathan Gannon when they could have. And what, what was funny to me, funny, interesting, not funny, comical, was when when they introduced Gannon back in February, Michael Bidwell specifically talked about everything they did to avoid creating distractions 
for their candidate. When we later find out that they created a very real distraction for Gannon in mm-hmm. the two weeks before the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it, the distraction thing seems to be a theme as far as w- when you look at this organization. Monty Ossonfort in, in his first offseason is, is the Cardinals general manager. How do you evaluate his his first offseason? Obviously, you have the, the, the knock as far as the tampering going in his first draft, and then he executes a pretty phenomenal the first round, second round. He's able to trade down, trade back up, accumulate draft assets for the 2024 draft. How do you look at Monty Ossifort in his first offseason as, as Cardinals general manager? I mean, you pointed out that you thought he might be ill-prepared for his first draft because he went and supported Kyler Murray at his Heisman ceremony. What are your thoughts on Ossifort? Well, I, that's not exactly what I said. Uh, on the weekend before the draft, when I, I would think, especially as you're trying to turn a program around, you're grinding away and you're looking at film of whatever players are out there, and there's infinite work that can be done as you're getting closer and closer to the draft. I, I thought that it was a that it was a mistake to take a day and travel to Oklahoma for the unveiling of a statue. And don't get me started with my opinions on statues. I think they should only be right. reserved for people who are no longer alive. But 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 I'll I'll, I'll set that aside for now. Okay. I think Monty Austinford has done a good job of doing what the Cardinals are currently trying to accomplish, which is build assets and pieces and try to compete and contend starting in 2024. I don't think they care about this year at all. I think they're being very self-aware and pragmatic that they don't have a chance of doing much of anything with Kyler Murray's health situation and just where the team currently is. And I think this is all about trading current assets as they've done uh, to try to be in position to get better players starting in 2024. And they've done a nice job of that, but you know, we got to call, call it like it is. They, they, and, and it's a soft tank. It's a justifiable tank. It's never right. anything. The NFL is going to come say, Oh, you're tanking. I mean, the Browns had a four year plan that was premised on stockpiling draft picks and cap space. And the league decided that was okay. When Hugh Jackson filed, actually filed a grievance over it saying that the Browns set up a system that, that encouraged tanking and then made him the fall guy when, guess what, they they sunk. It was set up to sink and they sunk and then they fired Hugh Jackson. So it'll be interesting to see, number one, do the Cardinals sink this year? And number two, will it be the same outcome that we saw for Steve Wilkes in 2018 where they sink bad enough and Jonathan Gannon's out the door and they go hire another head coach for whenever they have the first overall pick in the draft ne- next year if that's all how this all ends up. Mike, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay. My question for you, Mike, you wrote about this not too long ago, and that's the, the Caleb Williams dynamic with Arizona, and you floated the idea that could be a potential Eli Manning 2.0 scenario in which Caleb Williams may not want to play for the Arizona Cardinals. So this is a two-parter. Do you think this has a chance to be Kyler Murray's last season in Arizona? They're moving dead money into 2023 for D-Hop, maybe to set themselves up for Kyler Murray. And then also, what do you think the chances are that Caleb Williams would say no to Arizona? Well, look, I think if they end up with the number one overall pick, you've got to have the same conversation, the same analysis that you had in 2019, one year after trading up to number 10 overall for quarterback Josh Rosen. If you believe Caleb Williams is a generational talent, if you believe he's going to be better than Kyler Murray has been, and if you want to go cheaper at the quarterback position and build around Caleb Williams, then then, uh, yeah, that's, that's something you need to consider. And I wrote recently about what the cap consequences would be and 
the timing of a trade and the timing of a release and the structure of a release. And I think everything should be decided by the fifth day of the new league year in March of 2024, because there's another 30 million or so that becomes fully guaranteed when that day comes and goes for Kyler Murray. But, you know, with Caleb Williams, look, until it happens, it's speculation, but somebody's eventually going to do it. And in this age of NIL money where guys are making it and they're stockpiling it and they have power with that money, they can say, they can say, I'm, I'm staying in school for one more year. If you have the first overall pick and, you, and you're telling me that, that you're going to take me and you're, you're not going to trade that pick and, and you're not going to uh, you know, pass on taking me, then I'm just going to stay at USC and make another three, four, five million this year. That's something that wasn't available when, when Eli Manning was playing. It's something that, that Peyton did. He stayed in school without getting paid, at least as far as we know, because he wasn't 100% certain that the Jets were going to take him with the first overall pick in 97. So one thing Williams could say is, I'm just going to stay in school. The other thing he could do is say, I'll just sit out all year. I got this money. I'll just stay in shape, and I'll wait for next April. And next April, whoever has the first overall pick in the draft, hopefully they'll take me seriously when, when I tell them, if I don't want to play for them, that they need to trade that pick. So I feel like that's going to happen. And maybe it happens with the next Manning. Maybe that's when it happens, sure. but I feel like it's going to happen with somebody because the dynamic is so different now that these guys are making real money, and so they can stay in school and keep making it, potentially, or they can sit out and just live off of the money they've already made. Well, problems come from the ownership level as it relates to this team. We've been you know, the product of that for a long time, following the Arizona Cardinals during the Bidwell era. My question, Mike, for you is, with Dan Snyder on his way out with the Washington Commanders, do you feel like... Roderick Dell and, and the Shield and the fellow owners have Michael Bidwell potentially as public enemy number one now moving out of the post-Dan Snyder era for this franchise that has had a very tumultuous 18 months, specifically off the field, in the tabloids, embarrassing you know, uh, Pro Football Association uh, grades with their facility. What do you make of Michael Bidwell's stability right now as the owner of the Cardinals? Here's a basic reality that no one will ever admit to, but I know it's 100% true. The owners of the quote-unquote good teams like to have a cluster of teams that are run by dysfunctional ownership groups. So they're not – I mean, they, they, they want to win. They want to win. If every owner knew exactly how to properly go about doing his or her business, it's harder for any given owner to reach his or her goal. They like it. They like having 10 to 15 of the teams that they can look at and say – that team really isn't a threat to what we're trying to do by way of winning games and establishing dominance and ultimately getting a bust in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which they all want, even though they'd never really admit it. Although Jerry Jones, I don't think, was very bashful about it. It's one of the reasons he ended up getting it. So I don't think there's going to be some natural movement to clear Michael Bidwell out of the ranks. It has to be a situation where they believe that it's just it's, it's crossed a bridge where they feel like their their hand is forced. That's what it was with Daniel Snyder. It became such a big deal. The the stories and the complaints from the individuals who had worked for Snyder got so loud that that they just said, you know what, we have to investigate this. And when that investigation happens, inevitably the person looking for something finds something and then it's too late and it's taken on a life of its own. And even then it felt like there were owners who didn't want to move against Dan Snyder in part because 
they don't want that precedent to be used against them at some point. So I, I think it would take some sort of report that would reach a critical mass that would trigger the kind of investigation that the league did of Snyder a couple of years ago with Beth Wilkinson, the attorney from D.C., whose report they ended up sweeping under the rug. They would have to do something like that, and that investigator would have to find something big enough to get the league to do it again. And I think that Bidwell would benefit from the fact that they don't want to make that precedent even stronger, that there's a blueprint, there's a roadmap to get an owner out of town. All it takes is disgruntled employees or people who are unhappy, who don't like the owner, complain enough, spark an investigation. It's like a tax audit. You never know what they're going to find, but they're going to find something. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Bidwell has to worry unless and until there's some report of something that would really cross the line. And we'd know it when we saw it, something that would require an outside investigation. That's when he'd have to be concerned. So we don't feel like this Terry McDonough thing is going to be the investigation that could lead to that. No, I don't think so because it's in the secret rigged kangaroo court of the national football league where they can keep it all quiet. Right. And McDonough's tried to to bang the drum about what happened with him, but you know, his approach was so shotgun in nature and there's so much that he threw at the wall about, for example, employees who were disrespected. Well, that's not his, his fight. I, I sat back and waited to see if the individuals who, who supposedly were disrespected would make complaints. That's when it can, can start to take on a life of its own. When you have the right number or wrong, if you're the one who's worried about being forced to sell your team, but you get the right number of complaints, you just know it. We all kind of know, okay, this is, hey, they got to do something about this. Terry McDonough's was not something that I think created a sense among the general population that, yeah, they need to do something about this. It's not a good look. I hated how they reacted to Terry McDonough's complaint. I think that was unbecoming to the Cardinals and unbecoming to the Shield. I, I mm-hmm. think that the personal attacks and the efforts to undermine him were were uh, shocking, frankly. And I said so. I wasn't happy about it. And I mean, I, it, 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 I, 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 I'm, I'm astounded that a, an NFL member team would act that way. But I think it's going to take more current or former employees with with allegations that resonate to get Michael Bidwell to the point where he'd have to be nervous about the league doing something that could result. First is the investigation. Then what do they do with the results of it? And then where does it go from here? I think that's the, the, uh, the, the path that would be worrisome, but I don't think it's going to happen. Just a quick follow-up on that, Mike. Do you feel like the Cardinals are, are going to be in a position, we assume, to have two premium picks in a, in a blue-chip first round of next year's draft? You don't think this Terry McDonough scenario could cost them one of their precious first-rounders, either the, their own or Houston's, do you? I'd be stunned if it came to that. I okay. I don't think that's the kind of punishment that, that he would have the ability to secure. Um and and I'm not I'm not aware of anything under the rules that would even allow the NFL to do that unless unless this would be the first domino toward a broader scandal where they find more widespread misconduct and wrongdoing. And the commissioner would have no choice but to take away first round pick. I, 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 no, I don't, I don't think that, that anything is going to come of this Terry McDonough situation between now and next April that would cause that kind of an outcome. 
Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, has been so generous with this time. The new, new book out there, Amazon.com, is called Father of Mine. Highly encourage you to check it out. Mike, uh, on your way out, to our audience of Cardinals fans that feel like Pro Football Talk yourself, you have it against their favorite team. What do you say to those folks? I'll say to those folks, you got way bigger problems than me. <laughs> Mike, thanks so I think, much. Man. I think they know All that. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> If, if, if being mad at me makes you feel better about the current state of your team, I'll happily be the center. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thanks, man. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Whatever it may be, could you drive your drinking? And what better beer to put down than our friends over at Four Peaks, the official beer of PHNX Sports. Four Peaks, of course, their 8th Street location. It's an unbelievable place to go take in a game. Go have a three-course meal if you want. I mean, it, they go hard from their appetizers to their entrees to their desserts. They've got all the great beers that you're going to want to put down. And it's uh, it's IPA season. It's a nice summer IPA time of year with the temperatures hitting 110. Why not have a nice frosty cold IPA from Four Peaks? If you're not an IPA person, uh, you can find a beer that suits you better. How about the Wow Wheat? It's the number one wheat in Arizona. Plus, you've got their flagship Kilt Lifter. It goes hard as well. And make sure you're following along on their socials because they've got giveaways, contests, and they're releasing releasing all their new products at Four Peaks Brew on Instagram, at Four Peaks Pub on Twitter. Make sure you're following both of those on your socials because Four Peaks is woven within this great state of Arizona. It's been around for 25 years. Here's for the here's to 25 more, and hopefully alongside us here at PHNX. Four Peaks got to be 21 years or older to drink the beer. You should do it responsibly. Yeah, upgrade with Four Peaks. Also, upgrade your fandom today. Become a PHNX diehard. What's that going to get you? A ton of stuff. A free hat and or shirt every single year. You are a part of our diehard family. Get access to our premium diehard level content. What does that mean? Go on over to gophnx.com, read the many workings of our guys, Gerald Borgay, Jesse Howard, and more, all for free. 90% are already unlocked, but you get that sweet, sweet 10%. Plus, anytime you go to the PHNX merchandise locker, you get 20% off all merch, no matter the time, as well as the exclusive member Discord, Bo Brock, my good friend, is going to be putting out premium content over the course of the training camp and the season that you can only find as a PHNX Cardinal member of the Discord. Become a diehard today, my friend. You will not regret it. Well, we want to thank Mike Florio of Pro Football <laughs> Talk, NBC Sports, joining us for what I it was a little dicey at times. And again, uh, thought he might hang up. That would have been made for an interesting interview, but he did, he didn't. He gave us 20, 25 minutes of his time and um yeah, good stuff, maybe, kind of. I, I see people in the chat crushing it, as always. Uh, uh, Jose in the chat, Florio is the boy who cried wolf. Um, victim mentality. Uh, I mean, there's too many good con comments to name. We're going to debrief his his comments uh, right now, Bo Brock. Let's start with the Gannon tampering situation, yeah. which, that I mean, like, that probably could have been the entirety of the segment, um, but we, uh, you know, wanted to get in some other questions, and, and that's where he got... A little agitated with my co-hosts, I, I thought very fair and pointed questions about every coach who is in the postseason faces these circumstances. And yes, it's unfortunate, but we're not putting a microscope under D'Amico Ryans and Shane Stetchin and right. all these coaches year after year 
why why do you have it out for Jonathan Gannon? Yeah, it, it's it's really fascinating. We never got like a true answer uh, from Florio on that. No, he, you know, he wanted to say I was doing what about isms, where just making the point about, and he, and he agreed as far as it's a flawed system, no doubt. Yeah. And I think the the Arizona Cardinals will agree that they they broke the rules and they found out a, a middle ground with the Eagles as far as what they felt was fair punishment and. You know, I, I don't understand why Florio still didn't get an answer from him as far as why he wants to continue. He feels like there's more to this where it, it really doesn't seem like there is. It really doesn't. I mean, to to say that Jonathan Gannon, when he returns home from practice and only one week of the two weeks preparation for the Super Bowl is spent on at your home facility, he was out actually at the Cardinals facility uh, in, with the Eagles practicing, like to say that it's going to absorb all of your time and efforts. I, I just think that that's, that's a little naive. It really well, is. To, to say that when you talk to your wife and she wants to debrief about how your day went and she's going to ask mainly about the job interview and how you're preparing for it instead of how, is, how are you preparing for Patrick Mahomes, that's absurd. That's an absurd take. It is. It is. And, and like – I don't know. Florio knows this. Not many people know this when, and we've talked about it on this show and we've got a good Intel on this. When Gannon was the defensive backs coach in Indianapolis, a prominent blue chip collegiate program at the college ranks came to him and wanted him to become their, their DC. And he said, no, I'm committed to this. I'm committed to being the DB coach for Indianapolis. And he is Jonathan Gannon. And this is cliche. And you guys don't have to believe me. He's not driven by money. He's not driven by fame. He's one of the most humble people that you'll ever come across. And if you do not believe that his mind was focused on, on the Super Bowl, you're, you're just, you're nuts. I just, can we not, it, he didn't get picked apart by Joe Flacco. He didn't get picked apart by, <laughs> you know, David Blau. It's Patrick Mahomes for out there. Yeah. Just, and also like their defense played great in the first half. And then Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes made some adjustments and some guys for Philadelphia didn't make plays and they had an egregious special teams error. Can we just, can we move on? The guy right. led his defense to 70 sacks, almost 20 interceptions in the regular season, and in the postseason gave up 14 points. I can tell you right now, Jonathan Gannon at one point and his people were under the impression like he was going to be the next head coach of the Houston Texans. And do you think that led him to, to, to not focus on the San Francisco 49ers and the New York Giants in the post? Of course not. He thought he was going to be at one point the Houston Texan head coach. So if that's if this is if we're using the same rationale here, it should be well he was he wasn't focused because he was going to take the Houston job. Here's who screwed up: the Cardinals should have, and this is my point, and people are probably sick of me here saying this, but I'm going to repeat it. That first week, don't talk to Vance Joseph. Get Jonathan Cannon <laughs> on the phone and talk to him, so you right. give yourself a buffer and an opportunity to talk with him again. And whose fault was that? It was probably a Michael Bidwell decision that, hey, Monty, this is an internal guy. We're going to throw him a bone, exit interview. Don't talk to him. Don't talk to Frank Wright. You like Jonathan Gannon. Austin Ford had that list. They screwed up. Did it cost them a draft pick? Yeah. But did, did, does it does it warrant all this necessary vitriol hate? Of course not. And it, it, I think Gannon is the least guilty party out of everybody. What's he going to say? No. The Cardinals want to hire him. And I can tell you no. right now, it's it's well known. It didn't matter how the interview went. The Cardinals were going to hire him, right? But you had to do it as a formality. What's Gannon going to say? No, 
Like, I'm not going to talk to you. No, it's and ridiculous. It, it also debunks the idea. And he wrote this in his article, uh, the the absurd hypothetical, you know, how it impacted the game, the gambler in the betting aspect of yeah. it. And, and should be Gannon and, and the Cardinals be held accountable for that? You know, yeah. that during this time, as he should be prepping for the Super Bowl. And I think he even said it with us, like you're sitting there and you're you're creating elements for your interview. It's like Jonathan Gannon wasn't in the, he didn't come into the Cardinals facility on Monday and have like a 52 part, you know, PowerPoint that he was going through slides and saying, Hey, this is going to be my DC. This is going to be my OC. This is how we're going to run practices. Is this how we're going to upgrade the facilities? No, Jonathan Gannon was identified by Monty Ossifort in the summer of 2022 as a potential head coaching candidate. And there, there had been ties with them between then and when he was hired in February. And to say like Jonathan Gannon, I mean, Gannon and Monty Ossifort were preparing for these days, their entire, you know, NFL tenures, right? That they they wanted to be, one wanted to be a GM, one wanted to be a head coach, and they were going to be prepared for it. It wasn't going to be a crash course for two weeks of him, you know, cramming to, to, for, for the, for the exam. He already, he was going to interview with the Houston, didn't he interview with the Houston Texans? So doesn't he have most of the stuff that he utilized in that interview? He interviewed last offseason for the Houston Texans. And and to to say, oh, you know, D'Amico Ryan's defense. It 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 was because they didn't have a quarterback that D'Amico Ryan's defense played awful against the Philadelphia Eagles. It didn't help. You couldn't play complimentary football. D'Amico but it wasn't Ryan's the reason that lost, they got the doors blown off. D'Amico Ryan's lost to Jonathan Gannon. Let's, I yeah. mean, D'Amico Ryan's and Kyle Shanahan lost to Jonathan Gannon. Their, they their tried to block Hassan Reddick with a tight end. Yeah. Uh, it just uh, to Jalen Blair's point in the chat, the reality is Dan, Gannon's defense held Mahomes to 24 points. That's good enough to win. Eagles offense gave up seven on the fumble, scoop, and score. Special teams gave up seven on the big return. 100%. Your goal in that Super Bowl is to hold Patrick Mahomes under 30 points and hope your offense can play time of possession. It just, man, it. I cannot. I am so rooting for the Cardinals to have a great, successful yeah. season. But a 1A to that is, can Philadelphia suck ass this year? Can the Eagles <laughs> just be terrible, especially defensively? So, so not only so we can gloat, but so we can move on. It's like, this guy's a really special coach. He was a really great defensive yeah. coordinator that ran into not a, just a Hall of Fame quarterback, an all-timer, and yet here we are. I mean, a lot of people are placating. Well, you're giving Florio a platform. Florio's going to talk about this regardless if he's on this show or not. So we're, 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 it, was, it was within our realm to bring it up, and I thought my co-host did a phenomenal job throwing, throwing legitimate questions his way. Another question. I want to touch on the Michael Bidwell stuff um, well, because I. Do you want to talk about ahead. Bidwell or the Caleb Williams thing real quick? Because I didn't think that there was. I, I thought that was another, you know, walk far-fetched back. answer. Do yeah, you want to it talk was a Bidwell or Caleb. Yeah, let's talk about Caleb because he okay. in his article he was like Caleb could opt to not to play for the Cardinals, but then during our conversations, like we'll probably be somebody else a couple of years down the line, and he he dealt in like hypotheticals, right? It's like, well, he could get his NIL money. Of course, anybody could, but it's not like he's touching base with Caleb Williams people and and Caleb Williams is telling the Cardinals this fall, don't scout me. I'm not coming there, which is ridiculous. (laughs) It's it's Scottsdale. It's Paradise Valley. It's it's Phoenix. It's unbelievable. He has has an NIL valuation of, I think, like three and a half million dollars. That that doesn't match. It doesn't match the 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 rookie uh, first round pay scale. No. It doesn't, and it doesn't have. You don't have 
four years financial security in your NIL deal. You go if if you hold out, you get hurt, and you fall from being the top pick in the NFL draft. Uh, I mean, it's we we're making an educated guess because we saw Caleb Williams ball out and what scouts and, and NFL right. analysts and experts are saying year. right now, saying he's a generational talent. But he could shit the bed this fall at USC and play his way out of being the top pick, and it's a moot point. But I mean, he, the fact that it could happen this season, it could happen next season. I mean, look at Sam Howell. Sam Howell was regarded as a first round talent, ended up being a fifth round pick at a at a UNC. He was, he, yeah. you know, after his sophomore year, he was supposed to be one of the top quarterback prospects, and he just wasn't, you know, it wasn't, uh, he couldn't be draft eligible. So I just think that that's, that's a bit, I don't buy into that either. I just don't think that Caleb Williams is going to put himself in a position to say no to any of the 32 NFL teams, no matter what's in the headlines. If Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville, Caleb Williams is coming to Arizona. If the Cardinals have the first pick, I don't think they're going to, but all right. So that, that, that theory was poked holes into, but, but I want to talk about Bidwell for a second. Cause okay. I, he did say something that probably is depressing for Cardinal fans to hear. I do think, it was one of the more legitimate things that he said on the call is that these other owners probably look at the Cardinals ownership and say, yeah, you can be the mayor about town. You can host Super Bowls, but don't be too competitive. Continue to be incompetent at times. And and they you don't think Robert Kraft looks at that situation. You think these old these elite owners stand cronky and, and not say the Cardinals are the Cardinals and. If, if any point he he said today kind of hit home, it was that one. Because I think there was so much pushback with the NFLPA's, P, uh, NFLPA grades that came out and all the reports about how they had been treating people and Bidwell yelling at, at two pregnant women. And a lot of people said, well, Bidwell's got to sell the team now. And I just, we cautioned fans at the time and, and we'll repeat ourselves now. It's like, we're so far away from that. And I, I do think Floro was accurate that it would take a tangible incident or incidents that involved an investigator that would have to come in and mm. vet the entirety of the organization. And I do feel like Michael Bidwell hasn't been given a second chance, but it's like he had a bad year. Michael Bidwell did not have a good year. And so it's in his best interest now to lay low. And I think that, I think that's exactly what he's going to do. Yeah. It's going to be important to kind of keep that low profile. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously uh, time you know it, it, just by the, utilizing time to to heal some wounds that were opened up within the last 18 months and, and bidwill being a part you know a central figure as far as the organization uh goes i mean it, it's gonna take it's gonna take him laying low for for a little bit uh, i don't think he can, can, can completely keep himself out out of the uh out of the spotlight but you know it's, especially if the team continues to to trend in the right direction, do the right things as far as properly taking on a rebuild and following in the footsteps of the new GM in uh, his new front office that he constructed and in this new scouting department that they're going to get in place. And then the new coaching staff that everybody's pumped about. And there's a lot of hype surrounding uh, after just OTAs and mini camps. So uh, it's, it, and then you hear like, there, there's no smoking gun. It doesn't feel like from anybody's standpoint nope. in this McDonough allegation that Which would great. That, that would fast track anything as far as losing any picks the, the draft picks are huge yeah i mean he he floated that out there at the time that was another article like sub bullet where it was like cardinals could lose premium picks and now it's like don't don't you touch those picks next year because that <laughs> those 
we, they, they represent hope for this franchise. And I, I don't think Roger Goodell, that, that pick that the Dolphins had to give up for the tampering, the legitimate tampering, mm-hmm. was in the late 20s. If the Cardinals, let's say the Cardinals have the first and the third pick, and you've got your own, and your own oh, is like oh, with the, a quarterback for for an organization that was under contract, and a, and a head coach of an organization that was uh, of another organization that was under contract. Yeah, Tom yeah. Payton and Tom Brady. Right. I think at, I think you you'd be able to say take our second. It's high. We're fine. But those those two premium picks. There were a ton of people asking that question. Are, are, are we going to lose one of our first round picks next year? And it, at least it's good to see Florio, Mr. Conspiracy Theorist, say that I don't think that's likely at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a ton to unpack. Look, it was it, the guy's got polarizing takes, no doubt about it. Um, yeah. You know, obviously his book's out there. It's, it's not football related. Father of mine, uh, he was saying that, you know, he doesn't get that, that spurt on the 50-50, 50% of the people disagree with him and 50% of the people agree with him. Um, but he's been getting some uh, good good return on his book, Father of Mine, which you can find on Amazon.com. But uh, yeah. I love the, the best part about this, as we we fold transparency, pulling back the curtain, that was a pre-record, just sitting back and watching the chat. You guys crushed it, that entire interview. Yeah. Uh, and also watching my co-host's facial expressions to some of the answers <laughs> that we disagree well, with. Well, for full transparency, like my he could not hear me for the first like right. what ten minutes of that interview. So mm-hmm. Bo, you know, took the baton, did a great job asking. He got to ask all the hard hitting questions as it relates to <laughs> JG, and he and he followed through and more. So I'm glad we were able to work that out. I I got a couple softball questions to him at the end, but well, I mean, listen. We'll have him on again if people want to talk about him again. And and this offseason is a banner time for PHNX Cardinals, uh, in part because we're going to be hanging out with our friends with Shady Rays. Shady Rays doing big-time stuff as it relates to anything you want, premium polar polarized shades. They're built to last. I'm repping mine the entirety of the summer. It's an independent sunglass company, but it's a world-class product. Um, so, fun fact, you go to Shady Rays right now, we can help you save up to 50% on a single pair of sunglasses, right? Um, try for yourself. The shades rate five stars by over 250,000 people and go to shadyrays.com. The promo code's PHNX, 50% off of two plus pairs of sunglasses. It's fantastic. They are my go-to sunglasses, Bo. I showed my wife. She wants a pair, but stuff sells out quick because it's popular. So keep refreshing that page. If you don't see something you like, check back in, but make sure you're using that promo code PHNX. The lenses on them in particular, like my lenses on my Shady Rays, significantly mm-hmm. lighter than my name brand sun- pair of sunglasses that you guys, Shmay, they rhyme with Shmay bands, and they're way better <laughs> than, than Shmay bands. They do a phenomenal job. I'm out. I'm driving my kiddos around. want to be safe. want to look cool. The perfect combination with Shady Rays. Again, you can get them right now and more. ShadyRays.com, promo code PHNX, 50% off, two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. My Shea bands are uh, paperweights now, like so I don't want anything to, to blow away. If I'm sitting outside and I've got some papers, just throwing my my Shea bands down on them, nice. holding them nice. down. That, but then I got my Shady Rays on my on my face and love them. Yep. Get in on that. Use that promo code PHNX. Also use the code PHNX when you're shopping for our Saturday Neon. Of course, mm. the company started by two friends, former college roommates, making officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. Get in, cash in on Saturday Neon, and get 10% off your order by using the code PHNX, officially licensed for 19 select schools, including 
University of Arizona down in Tucson, repping the Wildcats. You got the Buffs from Colorado, Alabama, Wisconsin, Auburn, and so many others. You got to check them out for yourself so you can get that that man cave bolstered with all the gear that you want. Uh, All you got to do is go to their website, SaturdayNeon.com. The man caves and the she sheds, right? She shed, get a Saturday Neon for your she shed or get one for your man cave. Use the code PHNX, 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over 200 bucks. Save some cash by doing that. Um, uh, As Isaiah Simmons trying to save some cash by changing positions now, going from inside linebacker to defensive back. Uh, My counterpart to my right has been in every OTA. Uh, He's there. No no, uh, shameless plug there. Man's working hard to check out Simmons at his new position group. And Bo Brock, um, somebody posted on Twitter today, Isaiah Simmons was playing corner, and then Isaiah Simmons uh, threw up a quote tweet kind of laughing at that fact. So we're going to put this up for interpretation. Uh, Dan Muccini uh, put out a, a tweet basically saying, how will Isaiah Simmons adapt as a backup <laughs> cornerback? That's that's that you're you're tagging Isaiah Simmons, call him a backup. That's that's a bold move. I don't know if I'd have the stones to do that. And Simmons quote tweeted Dan laughing emoji when I start playing corner. Um, yeah. So you're a practice every day, Bo. How do you read this? It's interesting. Dan Minucci. Uh, I love how you pronounce his name, though, man. Dan Muccini. I love <laughs> No, Dan Minucci. Minucci. I'm Italian. I can uh, Dan Minucci of Rock and Minucci. The, uh, they, they, I guess this was their show tweet, right, for over at Fox Sports 910. And Isaiah Simmons did. Yeah, he quote tweeted it. And he said, when I start playing corner. Uh, and, it, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting because I thought that, you know, Isaiah was going to be playing a lot of slot and a lot of nickel in this defense when i've seen him line up in the defense of course this is the pajama olympics is or pajama ball as jg calls it they're wearing shorts you know it, it might not truly be where they're going to line up during the regular season but you know you got your two safeties that you you know about the, this rock solid safeties buddha baker and jalen thompson and yeah. then isaiah simmons like you're, you're going to play three safeties or is he going to be like a, a glorified nickel slot corner and or is he just saying yeah, well, I'll play corner when I truly play cornerback. Yeah, I I mean, Joel in the chat, backup safety with an asterisk. He's right. Joel's right. He's a backup. He's a backup right now. I don't think he's... he's We've not said he's not part line. of the base. He's not part of the base defense. He's not ace of base. He's a, he's a, ace of out. He's on the sideline. Um, and again, he could, he could still be a very high contributing player for this team. But I think he's going to play safety, and to Bo, your point, and then he's going to slide into slot corner, play, dab a little slot corner. But maybe he's not calling. If he was smart, he'd call himself a corner because then if the Cardinals franchise tag him, then he'll make more money on a franchise tag for a corner as opposed to a safety because they don't distinguish the franchise tag for slot corner and, and outside corner, X and Y or whatever. So um, I think Isaiah Simmons just, I think he just needs to play good football. And, um, you know, he has had tumultuous start to his career in part because his development has been mismanaged by the Cardinals and in part because there are people legitimately who, who, who do not believe he loves football. I've heard that from many, many people that he's a great athlete. He is not a great football player. He doesn't love the game like some of these other players. I mean, that that inside linebacker for uh, San Francisco that they took in the third round. Uh, what's his name? Fred Warner. Uh, Fred Warner. Like mm-hmm. if you could put Fred Warner's makeup in Isaiah Simmons, it would be a different game. But Guys who 
who they are who they are. And I hope Isaiah Simmons proves everybody wrong and, and has a great year in the Cardinals. Next offseason be a good problem to have, you know, trying to find out what to do with him. But I mean, it's just right now he's set up to Bo's point to be a backup. And then let's see if he can get on the field. He, uh, I mean, he told us at, at a press conference. It, it, you can check out the video at phnx underscore Cardinals on Twitter. Uh, it was I, from now on. I'm with the defensive backs. It's just like well, only these two positions. It's corner safety, and so and we there's two starting safeties. Those jobs are accounted for now, unless he knows something about Buda Baker that we don't. Uh, yeah. and I don't think that's the case. So you know, is, is he? I think he's going to play some nickel. I think he's going to play some slot. And can he play a little safety? Sure. But he's not playing linebacker, right? He's not going to play outside linebacker, it doesn't feel like. Not, so, not rushing the passer. Yeah. The, their base, whether it's you know a 3-4 front or a 4-3, uh, he's still on, on the backside of that defense. So I, I don't think it was unfair to say, because I think in the tweet they were asking, how is he going to uh, take to playing say, uh, corner? And they put they put backup. They put backup yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting day here on right. PHNX Cardinals. More furniture though, Bo. Always keeping it interesting. Absolutely. They've got a great selection. Actually, the best selection of furniture in the valley. You got to check it out for yourself. Morefurniture.com. Get something. We were talking about your man cave and your she sheds out there. Why not get your best seats, lounge chairs available, couches, so you're set up for success and beating the summer heat and taking in a ball game, watching the Diamondbacks on a nice, soft, comfortable couch that looks sleek, and take advantage of their 4th of July sale. You can save up to 40% off before you even go in and check out all the furniture. Go, You can save on it. Check out morefurniture.com. They got the custom order furniture. You can speak with design consultants. You can figure out everything you want to get the best setup possible. Living room, bedroom, dining room, your kids' rooms, your office, entertainment centers. They even have mattresses. Check them out, morefurniture.com. Take advantage of their white glove delivery. Don't get caught in the heat moving a bunch of heavy furniture around or having to build that furniture, get rid of all the packing materials. You don't have to do any of that. They do it for you with their white glove delivery. Save more on the best furniture in the Valley at morefurniture.com. I just moved to the East Valley and I used more furniture. They were fantastic. Uh, I should have used them to just furnish my entire house because moving (laughs) everything else has been an unmitigated disaster. So uh, I cannot say enough good things about the folks at more furniture. I can't say enough good things about this community. These folks in the chat, you guys have absolutely crushed it today. Thanks for helping us make this episode of phnx cardinals so fun so entertaining thanks to mike florio thanks to my co-host asking the tough questions with mr pro football talk be sure to like this video subscribe wherever you get your podcast we're going to be dropping some exclusive audio only pods that you can only get via your smartphone whenever you are downloaded uh auto following with the phnx cardinals podcast we're back manana on a wednesday everybody have a great evening for Bull brock i'm johnny venerable we'll see you wednesday